G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. It is an election year and there'll be all sorts of political stunts as candidates and parties campaign to be elected, both in the New South Wales state election and, of course, the coming federal election. One of the headline-snatching issues is likely to be around bans on the burqa. Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg has been writing about this issue this week. A special welcome back to 2020 to you, Bill Muhlenberg. Great to be back. Bill, you've been talking about this issue, and when it comes to the burqa, this is not just controversial in a national sense, but even within the Christian community, there are some different trains of thought. What are your most important issues here about the way Christians think about the burqa? Yes, it's uh, one of those topics that can be a bit complex. Uh, You know, it gets to bigger questions, obviously, things like religious freedom and pluralism and how do you, uh, you know, keep everybody happy in a democracy, uh, majorities and minorities. So it can be a fairly uh, deep topic, and yeah, Christians would have different views on this. I've written... Uh, a number of pieces already on the burqa, and I did another one just recently. Uh, perhaps ber- before going any further, we should point out one uh, issue, namely there's different kinds of Islamic uh, clothing and coverings for women. Uh, so when we're talking here about the burqa, we're referring specifically to well, what the burqa is, namely the head-to-heels covering, the complete uh, gown that covers everything with only perhaps a, a little slit for the eyes or a mesh for the woman to see through. So we're not talking about just a little scarf on the head or something like that, but this is the full uh, covering that you certainly will see even here in Australia. Bill, there's a certain sense in which people can tend to see the burqa as being a symbol of oppression, and yet it's also a symbol of religious belonging. How do you make sense of that idea? Yeah, it again raises a number of issues, uh, just how much do the Islamic sources themselves speak to this issue, whether the Quran, the Hadith, and so on. So that's part of the discussion. Uh, And then there's the political issue as well. So in fact, we might even separate the religious from the political. You know, we usually all pretty much want to say, within reason, uh, religious freedom should be respected. So that includes, well, religious dress within reason. You know, if a Christian wears a cross or a Jew wears the Star of David, you know, you'd think that should be no problem. So maybe a a Muslim woman can wear various types of Islamic clothing. 
Uh, but if we separate, if we could, the, even the religious element, just say, look, look at this from a political point of view, still concerns certainly can arise. One, as you already mentioned, is this oppressive to women, and in which case, how compatible is this in a modern Western democracy in which we do give full equality and value to women? Is this kind of, uh, you know, going against the very things that the West has long fought for. Then, of course, the second argument, uh, again, looking at the political issues, even from a secular point of view, are there concer- uh, security concerns about something like the burqa? Obviously, you don't allow somebody walking into the bank with, say, a motorcycle helmet on or other forms of covering. And in a number of areas, we... Uh, make it clear we want people to have their certainly their face to be in full view uh and we do know of cases of uh terror attacks and other kinds of violence with people uh being covered in a burqa you know you, you don't even know what uh, might be underneath including weapons so there's at least two issues here political issues uh even if you're not slightly religious one how does it treat women uh, are they being seen as second-class citizens? And two, what about security issues? I guess we all want to be able to say, wear what you like. And, mm. of course, there are cultural expectations on what people will wear as fashion. I mm. think we probably don't like the idea of someone being forced to wear a particular sort of clothing and yep. and yet we don't want to be passing judgment on what other cultures might do except if they are in fact proven to be uh, particularly oppressive. Uh, I wonder mm. whether Bill there's a statement that is being made by people who are wearing burqas, women who are wearing burqas, uh, that, that you know, we don't really know, do we, whether they're actually wanting to wear the burqa or whether they're being forced to wear the burqa. Yeah, well, that's an uh, important uh, point. Uh, you know, it's one thing. If a gal does freely want to wear it, you know, that's one thing. Uh, but how many, in fact, are really being forced to wear it that they really would rather not? Uh, and, of course, plenty of women have spoken out against the burqa. Even uh, some courageous Islamic women have spoken out against it, saying it is an oppressive second-class citizen kind of thing. And even if some women do want to wear it, the whole thing and what it represents is really uh, taking us back uh, instead of forward And when it comes to the rights of women. So, yeah, it's an important issue. Uh, freedom to wear what you want is one issue, but other broader issues also come into play here. It's almost as though, and I'm aware of things that I've heard and read in the past, where there is a certain sense in which it's a statement of modesty because of the way that men behave in other cultures uh, towards women, because of the sort of uh, hyper-sexualized nature of a woman being uncovered. 
now there's all sorts of issues in there and here we are two men talking about this but there is a sense isn't there in which something of our western christianized values has taught us how to respect women even though they may be sexually appealing uh, but that that doesn't seem to have accompanied the way that Islam dresses its women. Yeah, again, another important question, and uh, as you say, a fairly complex and deep one as well. Uh, this could be its own uh, interview on this topic. Uh, obviously, the Christian believes in the importance of modesty and modest dress. Uh, the Bible speaks to this, and it's not just women. I mean, men as well, of course, should be dressed modestly in public. Uh, there's certain things you probably don't want to wear when you're walking down uh, the central business district of any capital city, for example. So, yeah, uh, it's important that we dress modestly. Uh, so, now, if that were the only thing going on here, uh, again, then we, we might have less to complain about. But, uh, again, as many Muslim women themselves have said, uh, this is far more than just modesty. It is an oppressive thing to be wearing, and it really is uh, speaking about how women are treated in Islam. And there's many other issues we could look at in terms of how women are treated in Islam. So, yeah, a lot of issues do arise here. Um, of course, we've heard some pretty outrageous comments by male Muslim leaders about, you know, if you don't cover up 100% you're really causing sexual assault, you're asking for rape. So I think most people know some of these remarks by some of these imams and others are pretty bizarre and out to lunch. So, uh, again, biblical balance for the Christian. Yes, modesty is important. And, uh, yes, a lot of people in the West dress very provocatively and so on. Uh, but whether the burqa is the answer, that's another issue. Bill, we are heading towards some elections and sometimes there's going to be, as I mentioned at the beginning, those sorts of stunts that we've seen in the federal parliament and that will become part of the election campaign of some of the uh, even conservative parties who'll talk about banning the burqa. As a Christian, how do you think we ought to be looking at those things? Is that something that would direct the way that our vote might go in the New South Wales or indeed the federal election? Is this something that you would think would be important for Christians to be having a moral position on, even to the point where you might even cast your vote one way or another? Well, it will be, I think, for some people, and it can be and perhaps should be. I mean, taken by itself, perhaps a smaller issue, but obviously we have to see the bigger picture here, and that is, you know, what about creeping Sharia? What about the expanse of a fairly undemocratic and unpluralistic Islam throughout the West, including Australia? Uh, that's where the worries do come in. We're already seeing kind of enclaves in certain places of uh, where Muslims reside, uh, Islamic banking and finance, Islamic dress codes, Islamic foods, as you know, halal foods, the whole bit. There's so many areas uh, where it does look like a bit of a worry. It's what we call creeping sharia, where more and more... Uh, uh, kind of the freedoms and democracy that we're used to here in Australia is being kind of uh, whittled away uh, by groups that may not always uh, 
integrate and assimilate as they should. So I think it can well be a, an election issue in this bigger sense. Uh, you know, what do we as a free and democratic nation do with certain smaller groups that may not even want to integrate fully and may, in fact, want to set up a separate culture, including a legal, political, cultural system in Australia? That's uh, that's an important issue in some of the smaller parties, at least, uh, certainly Corey Bernardi, Pauline Hanson, they're looking at some of these issues, and I think that will be uh, something many Australians will be concerned about. Well, Bill, certainly good to talk through the issue in a sensitive way and in a way I think demonstrates that you are sensitive to what Muslims believe about the way that their women dress and yet uh, there are all sorts of bigger contextual concerns that as a Christian you need to take into consideration. So uh, thank you very much for your sensitivity in so far as uh, the way that women dress. And women don't like to be told how they should dress. Uh, let me point people to one of these latest articles that you've written, Bill. Let me point people to BillMuhlenberg.com. Or you can simply Google Culture Watch One Word and you'll be able to read what Bill's been writing about with regard to burkas. The name of his article is On Burka Bands. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.